A few years ago, one of the kids in my online coaching program said to me, Coach Rebecca, I wish we could just go to a gym and have you as our coach. We would all be so happy and so confident. And that warmed my heart and I was like, oh my gosh, that would be the best. And that comment stuck with me for years. So now I'm going to do something about it. I am inviting gymnasts from all over the country to join me for the first ever Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out confidentgymnast.com for details. Hi guys, on today's podcast, I'm talking about inner self-confidence, the type of confidence that can really help your athlete thrive no matter what is happening in their sport, in their social life. And there's this big misconception that I'm going to address today that confidence comes from success. Yes and no. And the type of confidence that I want my kids to have, that I want your kids to have is different and it comes from somewhere else. So I'm going to talk about some of the factors that contribute to a negative sense of self and low inner confidence And I'm also going to talk to you about exactly how to help your athlete build that lasting inner self-confidence. Here we go. Welcome to the Perform Happy Podcast, where athletes and their support squad come to learn the secret weapon for sports success. I'm your host, Rebecca Smith. First, I was a scaredy cat gymnast, then a coach. Now I'm a sports psychology expert and a parent. Athletes, whether you're feeling stuck or you're having the best season of your life, I'm here to help you reach peak performance and maximum enjoyment. Hey everybody, it's me, Coach Rebecca, and today I'm talking about confidence from the inside. One of the most common questions that I get asked or the biggest struggle that most parents are going through when I ask them is wanting to learn how to help their athlete to build their confidence. So these parents see their kids that are full of talent and promise and potential, but they just don't believe in themselves and they don't have self-esteem or confidence. These parents are kind of baffled. You know, why Why don't you believe in yourself like I believe in you? So I'm going to tell you today how to help an athlete build their inner confidence, which is Part of what creates a stable, steady mental situation in your kid. If their inner confidence is strong, then it doesn't really matter what life is dishing up. I don't know about you, but that's what I want for my kids that life is going to get lifey, things are going to happen. And I want my kids to be able to know I am okay and this too shall pass. So I'm going to give you some tips today. First, I want to talk about the biggest misconception about confidence. If you, you know, get online and you start Googling confidence, how to build confidence, it's like set a goal and reach it, do something great, look at your past successes, which yes, I will tell you there is research that shows that building what I'm going to call external confidence comes from looking at your past successes. But what if you don't have a past success? What if you're failing today? That's the part that we want to address. Yes, you can build what's called self-efficacy, which is the feeling or the belief that you can successfully perform a task by performing that task. So if you go and do a skill successfully, then you'll be able to say, I can do it. But then if you fall on the next one, you go, can I do it? 
If you have internal confidence, you will know, I can do it, even if things are rocky. But if you only feel confident when you're successful, which is like most people, then the life of an athlete is going to be an emotional roller coaster. Because if you're trying anything hard, you're not going to always be successful. I mean, you shouldn't always be successful. If you are always successful, it's because you're in a level that's too easy or you avoid challenges because you're so afraid of failure. So if you only feel confident when you're successful, it's going to feel terrible half the time if you're trying something challenging. So we don't want that. I want you to be able to be in the challenge and confident. You know, I want that for your kid. Of course, you can have it too. I would love that too. I want to be in the challenge and confident, trusting myself. That's the good stuff. That is how you create amazing outcomes is not by focusing on the outcomes, but what's happening inside when you haven't reached it yet. I want to tell you about something called what I'm calling mind the gap. So I want you to think about how your athlete feels, or you can, you know, take a guess. How do they feel when they have a success? Maybe they made that skill, they overcame that mental block, they won that prize, they got that medal. Think about your kid, that big bright smile, and how they feel when they finally did it. You know, that total happy dance, the whole team erupts with excitement and your kid's like, I did it, this is so great. Yes, that's the best, right? Now, I think another misconception is that we want our kids to feel that way all the time. It just isn't possible to feel that way all the time because in order to master something new, you have to struggle with it. That's just part of the process of mastery. So you only will feel that way for so long before it just becomes something that's easy for you and no longer gives you that feeling of success. Now, how does your athlete feel when they don't have a success? when they didn't make the skill or they didn't make progress or they had a backslide or they didn't win or they had a big mistake. I want you to look at the gap between those two things, the gap between how they feel when they succeed and how they feel when they don't succeed. That gap is the inner confidence. And that is the part that can be stable in the storm. So your athlete feels fantastic when she does something amazing and then feels totally worthless when she's struggling, it means that she lacks inner confidence. And even the most physically capable athlete can have little to no inner confidence because it comes from knowing yourself. And I can't tell you how many athletes come to us at Perform Happy. They have zero awareness of what's going on. What's They feel like They have a bad day and it was totally random and they have no idea why and they just feel like, well, maybe I'm just not good enough. That's the answer that they tend to give themselves. If I had a bad day, I'm not good enough. When really, when you had a bad day, you just had a bad day. Honestly, I would even say like, yay, I love a good bad day because that's where you find these incredibly valuable clues about how your mind works. Seriously, you guys, the bad days are the most valuable days you have as an athlete. I am not kidding. I am not just being flippant about that. I mean it. When I talk to a kid and they're like, I'm struggling, I'm like, oh, good, good, good. Let's find clues because that could be the last big struggle before you have this nugget of wisdom that's going to unlock your awareness about how you tick. So, I mean, just talking to a kid for a few minutes, I can be like, yes, 
Doesn't it seem so obvious now why you had that setback? Because you were focused on this, your strategy was this, and it doesn't work. So now you can scrap that whole strategy, that whole mental strategy you've been leaning on subconsciously or consciously, and you can find a new strategy. It gives you this freedom of like, okay, that didn't work. Let's figure out what does. Okay, I get excited about that. I don't know if that makes any sense to you guys, but it makes sense in my brain. But so that inner confidence comes from knowing yourself. It comes from feeling all your feelings, knowing you can survive the hard days. You wouldn't know if you never had a hard day and survived it. Unshakable self-belief comes from a history of struggle. I have struggled in my life and those struggles are the reason why I am a confident person today. And I am not just confident on the good days. I am confident on the bad days because I have had enough bad days as a young athlete, as a young adult, as a new business owner, as a new mom. I have had enough bad days in my life that I can go, yeah, I can do hard things. I can do them. I don't love to do them. I don't want to do them. Sometimes I'll be like, if I could just stop learning now, that'd be great. I'd really like to just coast and be sort of chock full of lessons, please, universe. Like, could this be enough? But those, like how I show up in my character in those bad days, it gives me grit. It gives me strength. It gives me resilience. And I know my worth as a human, not just as a person who performs. And that's what I want for your kid too. So that inner confidence comes from self-trust. It's from knowing your strengths and your weaknesses and still thinking positively about yourself. So it's not about becoming perfect. There was a time in my life when I was like, how much personal growth and leadership training and you know, graduate level courses, how many do I need to do before I will be perfect? I literally thought this, like I will continue doing therapy. I will do all the things to make sure that I get perfect, (laughs) that I respond to life perfectly. And really the solution is going, I have strengths and I have weaknesses and I am just right. I'm exactly who I am supposed to be in this moment. My flaws can help others. My strengths can help others. And that's my, you know, why I'm here. I'm here to help. And so if I were perfect, nobody would want to listen. It's annoying. You don't want to hang out with somebody perfect, right? So that that self-trust, trusting that all of me is just exactly as it's supposed to be. And that can be a big leap of faith. But I can tell you there's some real freedom in it. You know, that this person that has this mental block is exactly who I'm supposed to be. This person who is being left out by my friends is exactly who I'm supposed to be. There's a lesson here that's going to make me a better human who can do hard things that will have inner confidence and unshakable self-belief, not in spite of the challenges, but actually because of those challenges. So as parents, we don't want to prevent our kids from having these necessary life challenges. We don't want to try to snowplow their way for them or prevent them from exploring their world in a way, in a curious way that's going to give them really valuable lessons. We want to trust that if they're sad, they're okay and sad. If they're angry, they're okay and angry. If they're happy, they're okay and happy. If they're successful, they're okay and successful. The human that's there first, that foundation is okay, no matter what. And that's why I always like to practice something called OPT in my group trainings and perform happy. We always start the session by taking a deep breath in through our nose 
out through our mouth. And we think of OPT, which stands for one pleasant thing. And so in this moment, I'll invite you to do that too. Think of one pleasant thing in this moment, something that you're experiencing, seeing, smelling, tasting, feeling might take a second. Hey guys, quick announcement break. Right now, we at Complete Performance Coaching are looking for five athletes who are ready to break through their mental blocks for good. If that sounds like you or your child, then sign up for a free consultation call with one of my amazing coaches as soon as possible to see if you're a good fit for our Perform Happy Elite training program. This program includes one-on-one coaching with the world's top mental performance coaches, plus tons of support for athletes and their parents in between sessions. You can sign up today at completeperformancecoaching.com slash consult. Talk to you soon. Okay, you got it? I hear my kids making noise. My happy kids. That's pleasant. So no matter what's going on around you, there's always something pleasant in this moment. And there's always an okayness. You've always been okay. You are okay. And you will be okay. That's what I want my kids to know. And you can have big feelings. And you can have weaknesses. And you can have a bad attitude and not try. And still be worthy of love and respect, still be okay, still be exactly who you're supposed to be. So if you as the parent can affirm and encourage your child for being that worthy, valuable, amazing human, no matter what anyone else thinks, give them the same type of love as on the bad day as you do on the good day, then they don't have to attach your approval and love to their sport outcomes. This happens naturally when parents throw a huge, exciting, yay, hooray about success and sport. And then when there's not success, there's lectures, there's questions, there's interrogation. It's a very different relationship when the kid is not thriving in their sport, even though they quote unquote should. So you want to try to work on praising exactly the same. Good job, kiddo. I love you. You showed up today. I'm proud of you. What do you want to eat? not how did it go? Well, why not? Are you working hard? Did you even try? Did you communicate? That tells them, I will be warm and fuzzy when you succeed and I will not be warm and fuzzy when you don't. Therefore, in a little underdeveloped brain, my mom and dad love me when I'm succeeding. They don't love me as much when I'm not. Ugh, like stabbed to the gut, right? But this is what the way that they interpret that. So we want to be encouraging that confidence isn't oh, I'm so likable. It's confidence is I like me no matter what other people think, or I'm so successful. I like me no matter if I'm successful today or not. I am enough and I'm okay. Oh my gosh. If I could learn, have learned that at 12, like imagine all of the different, the way my life might've been different, the way I might've shown up for my life instead of running away from it and hiding from it and feeling like I wasn't good enough for it. So and another little example, you can be shy and introverted and also have inner confidence. So being confident does not necessarily mean you are the loudest person in the room. Being confident means that you know yourself, you know your social preferences. So for example, if your athlete is slow to warm up to people and she's good with that, and she just knows I reflect on life inwardly rather than outwardly, that's inner confidence. 
that, I mean, knowing I am shy and that's okay. I like that about myself. Ooh, what a concept, right? So that's like, we have to look at the shoulds that we're up against all the time. And if you can eliminate those shoulds in the way you talk, it will make a huge difference. So here are a couple factors that contribute to a negative sense of self and a low inner confidence. And this one, I am guilty of. Okay, so one is caregivers being overly critical or reprimanding. Now, I'm like not, I wouldn't say that I'm like the reprimandingest human, but I will like, I will give the ultimatum of like, if you don't do this, then we're leaving. Or if you don't get it together, then we're not having fun. Or I yell, I like, I get to the point where my kids trigger me. Like, I don't want to do this right now. And I yell. And I mean, geez, I'm trying. You know, I read the research. I'm like, gosh, I really want to be more patient. But my kids do know that all humans are worthy of love and respect. And we talked about even today on the way to camp. I was saying how like there are actually no bad people. My little seven-year-old was like, yeah, just people who make bad decisions. I'm like, yeah, sure. Good people can make bad decisions. All humans are worthy in love and respect. Some of them make bad decisions. And that's a bummer but they're not bad. You know, you're not bad if you make a bad decision. You are not your your performance in this life. You are you and you're worthy and let's try to make good decisions because that's a better way to be in this world. But that means that I'm I am also worthy of love and respect even when I get impatient or yell or make ultimatums. They're worthy of love and respect even when their behavior is less than stellar. So I want to ask you to think about this. Does your athlete's coach show them that they are worthy of and love of love and respect, regardless of whether they're performing well that day? That's a question just to kind of check in with. Does your coach give your athlete the feeling that they deserve love and respect regardless of their performance? What values are your child's coach representing? What values are you representing in what you praise, what you criticize? You want to be aware of that because those little interactions with caregivers and coaches make a really big difference in how an athlete feels inside. So then there's the media and like social media and just inputs from the outside world about what's quote unquote ideal in a person. 14 year old me thought I was too tall. I was too old. I was too flat chested. I was too shy or too bossy or too stubborn. I like, I had all these things about me that were not good. I was not good enough, period. Enough? No, definitely not me. That was because there was a lot of, you know, chatting like, oh, you're so tall for a gymnast. Oh, did you, you got a late start, huh? And they they would ask me that people would just, you know, say things like this to me. It made me feel like I am not good enough. So we want to be able to reduce those should stories. Like, shouldn't you be short to be a gymnast? And here's an example of my parenting. So my five-year-old, this girl, she is something else, man. She is funny. She is spunky. She is spicy and sassy and snuggly. And she's like this really complex little magical human, okay? (laughs) She drives me crazy, you guys. I love her. Hi, Violet, if you're listening. I love you so much. She has a voice. She has a perspective. She does not rely on other people's opinions to make decisions whatsoever. She has a very strong sense of self, which drives me completely up the wall. And I get stuck in the land of shoulds. 
You should wear two matching shoes. You should not wear uncomfortable things to bed. You should not sleep on the couch at night. You should you should want to do gymnastics. You should want to try extracurricular activities. You should want to do swim lessons. Girlfriend does not want to do any of this. She wants to wear the itchy tutu and two mismatched shoes, and she wants to do her hair how she wants to do it. And I'm over here, recovering perfectionist, going like, oh my gosh, I'm going to tell the teachers I tried to put two matching shoes and I, I have a jacket for her, even though she refuses to wear it and it's raining. And so I have to check myself and be like, what are these shoulds? Should she? Says who? We don't live in the Arctic. We live in California. She's not going to die if she doesn't have a jacket on. She's also not going to die if her feet are uncomfortable or her shorts are too small or any of that. So what's this really about? So this is the kind of the good news about this. Self-confidence is malleable. It is changeable. It is fixable. So if we can avoid those should stories, timelines, well, we should be in level 10 by age 13 or you're not going to college. You should be short or it's not going to work out. You should wear two of the same matching shoes. You should be skinny. You should be funny. You should be outgoing, blah, blah, blah. This all comes from outside expectations. So what if, what if your kid could make decisions in line with what they truly want rather than what's expected? What if everyone could be a little more like Violet where she's like, no, I don't want to do gymnastics. No, I don't want to wear that matching outfit. I am me and I like it. You know, what if, I mean, it sounds like anarchy a little bit to me, but like what a concept to actually not worry what other people think and just check in with yourself and go, well, this is what I like. I didn't have the freedom to do that till I was in my mid-20s. I was always a chameleon, trying to be like, trying to fit in. And so I have this fear that if my kid doesn't fit in, she won't be happy. But like, was I happy trying to fit in? No. What if I just was me? I don't know. What a concept, right? So if we can avoid those shoulds and just help our kids to make decisions in line with what they truly want, not what they're expected to want, you know, help them to have a growth mindset. This is something that we really heavily rely on in the Perform Happy community. Instead of just saying, I'm not confident. Well, I'm not confident yet. And that's okay. You know, help them to know they'll fail and that's okay. I had a consultation with a cheerleader today who, you know, she told me, well, I I hate going into practice because then I don't know if it's going to be a bad day. And if it starts out bad, it's going to just get worse. And and so I'm always stressed because then as soon as I make one mistake, I won't be able to go for the rest of my stuff. And I'm like, wow, what great clues. Oh my gosh, this bad day is so valuable because I could easily see your perfectionism is what's holding you back. Because when you start trying to make it perfect, you fall apart versus trying to start where you are and get a little better, that growth mindset. So that... Huh, Knowing you're going to fail and that's okay. That's what I told her. We're going to legalize failure. As of today, I asked her, are you are you allowed to fail? She looked at me like, I don't know. what. No. I'm like, yes, you're allowed to fail. Yes, you must fail. You have to fail or you will never get better at stuff. You have to fail first. And so she looked at me like I was nuts. But that's what we got to do. We have to be okay with failing. That's how you build confidence. Isn't that weird and backwards? We also have to understand that feelings and emotions are both real and temporary. There's a quote by Dr. Emily Nagoski. She says, emotions are tunnels. You have to go all the way through the darkness to get to the light at the end. You have to be okay and sad. You have to be okay and angry. You have to be okay and uncomfortable. I have to be okay and triggered by my fear that my child is not going to fit in if she's herself. 
which is like, it's ridiculous, right? But it's my stuff. It's not hers. So I have to go through my emotions around it. And then I teach my kids that it's okay to have emotions. It's okay to fail because even on the bad days, you are worthy, you are valuable, you are lovable, you're amazing. And the outcome, when kids have that inner confidence, they have resilience, they don't fear dips in external confidence because their internal confidence is so strong that it's a small gap that they have to fill. They have a voice, they live their own desires, and they get to be who they are, which like, who are we to stop them from being exactly who they are? So I would love to know your thoughts on this as I navigate my very strong-willed, sassy pants with an amazing voice and super independent. Do you have a kid like that? I need all your tips, but I'm learning as I go and I know you are too. So that's that for building inner confidence. It's a journey. We're all going to start and just try to build little by little and I'll see you around soon. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Perform Happy Podcast. If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to performhappy.com and join us. You'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls. And I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence, and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.